There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Please hang up and try again. Grab a slice of the epic pie cast. Don't stick it in your mouth. Put it in your ear holes now. Ladies and gentlemen, Nelson Lugo, Schaefer the Dark Lord, and Rachel Shank. That's me. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens, this is the Epic Pie Cast, episode 35. I am your host, Nelson Lugo. I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. And I am your other, other host, Rachel Shank. Hey, the gang's all here. And also, a a special uh, episode addendum. This is our third anniversary of the podcast. That's preposterous. We've been doing this for three years? Three years, sir. we have. Three years. Well, some of us have been doing this for three years. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you're you're still in the intern program. Yeah, it's you'll, you'll catch up, guys. You'll the amount up. of coffee I have to bring to these mothers—it's—it's <laughs> it's like you're saying that jokingly, and it's almost kind of—it's not true. You're not no. required to bring us coffee, but, but no. But did, if you change the word coffee to beer, we're not required. Then, but you yeah. did—you did bring cold ones. Yeah, tonight. yeah. I, I do often take a moment. Where I'm like, it's been a couple months since I brought beers to the podcast. I'm going to do it this month. Um, and thank you for what bringing them today because it is a million degrees it's in the balls studio. Hot. It's balls hot. That this is, episode is, is brought to term. you by cold beer. Uh, oh, here I'll clinky clinky here Yes. Oh, yes. Clinky clinky. That's so much better. Delicious beer. Like little angels. Um. So what is up, guys? I wasn't here. Uh, last month. No, no, something no. happened, but you yeah. were gone, and I feel much better now. So glad yeah. you're back. Your abs look <laughs> stunning, by the way. What? You're, Nothing. Oh. Fair enough. Um. So, what's the hats? What's going on? <laughs> give me, give me the details. What? Tell me all of the wonderful things you've been doing this month. You know what, Lucatron? I think maybe you should catch us up on what you were doing in the uh, the previous month since you weren't with us. Uh. Well, the reason why I wasn't here is because I was teching um uh for a show. I did a I did a thirty minute excerpt of my uh of the show that I'm currently writing. And I did it for the Tank Theater, and I did two performances of it, and um, uh, I hate it. I hate everything about it. I think I'm awful, and I'm just going to basically call, crawl into a field position and uh, put, wait to die. Yay! Uh, information about upcoming performances of Nelson's new show will be in the doobly-doo. So, when you say you are working... <laughs> 
when you say you are working on a new show, yeah. then I assume this is another Nelson Lugo joint, which means a, a combination of magic and storytelling. Correct. I mean, I think I may have mentioned this before on the podcast, but I'm writing a show that's a, a far more vulnerable, far more emotionally raw, and it, and it talks about uh, subjects of, you know, very very large topics of like life and death and what that means to me and, and pairing that up with magic tricks. And I think I've mentioned that before on the podcast. So this uh, would be your sophomore effort. Yes. One that is yes. uh, fabled as being notoriously difficult and yes. dissatisfying to the creator. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've always kind of hated everything I do. Uh, but this, uh, this is, this is as a proof of concept, it works, right? Cause all, all of, uh, all of the, uh, as a microcosm of, of a larger show, all of the elements work because there's a there's a um, a multimedia aspect to it. There's video and there's projection, and it's it's technically a little more sophisticated. So as a proof of concept, it works. As a, a piece of entertainment, as a piece of experiential uh, theater, uh, I am I am horrible, and I should probably just stop. Wow. Well, that's uh, it's good to see that you are continuing to be a tortured artist. <laughs> You, in your month off teching a new show, you did not cease being a tortured, self-loathing artist. Right. Mm. right. I feel like we should start a book club or something. Uh, yes, except that book club is code for drink whiskey and cry. Yes. Yes. Oh, wait, we already do that. Yes. <laughs> well, Schaefer, I'm, would you like to join us in the whiskey and the crying that we uh, call book club? Or I what mean, we call book club. Yes. I've hated everything that I've created, so I, I think I'm qualified to be there. Awesome. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Our next book is called Jameson's, and uh, uh, we'll be doing a, yeah. a, a, a book club next week. Yeah, yeah. The, the publication's really great because it's a foreword uh, by On the Rocks. So, there you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> Do you serve anything else at these meetings? Because I don't drink whiskey. That's because uh, you hate fun. No, it's not. It's no. because I liked fun too much once upon a time, and now I can't do a lot of things. Uh, you're Wait, so, you're, so, like, so you're, you don't drink whiskey on purpose? No, I don't. Because to me, to me, whiskey was Garfunkel without Simon, and Simon was cocaine. <laughs> so I would always, I would always, I would listen to Garfunkel's solo record and be like, this actually is kind of lame. If only his buddy were here with him, that would be fun. Hey, I still have his number. Let's call him up. Fair enough. So that's why I don't drink whiskey. That's right. acceptable. That's, that's acceptable. Yeah. Um, I guess you could bring your own book. I... Uh, I.e. beer. Okay. Guess, you know. I'll bring um, that and I'll bring a record that I hate that I'm working on. So, mm, and then awesome. I, I, can, I can join in all of the I hate my art thing. Oh, if, that's part, if that's part of these meetings. Yes, absolutely. No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, art yeah. Is, art is the thing that makes us the saddest. Is, is, that, what, is that what it is? <laughs> right? <laughs> Have you put the pin on exactly what it is? I have, honestly, I've done a lot of research and I've been around a lot of different people of different age ranges, and sure. I have found those who create art are made sad by their art. Um, I had a, uh, I went to a show the other day, and uh, um, a colleague of mine looked at me and went, uh, you always look like you're the saddest person in the room. <laughs> and, I looked, and I looked back at her, and I said, no, no, that's just only because I have resting sad face. I think you were a kid, and you were probably making a lot of pouty faces. And <laughs> it just stuck. Oh, somebody came up behind you and slapped you on the back real hard, and you and just the muscles stayed that way. Froze there. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, basically, that's, why, that's what I was doing. That's why I wasn't here. Um, and uh, what else? What else? I mean, basically, just a whole lot of just, you know, cre- creating a lot of content, creating, you know, trying to do some writing. I'm massively blocked right now, so I'm basically writing, like, a sentence a day, and... Um, 
trying to work on magic that's appropriate for the show and and basically uh, all of uh, I've been I've been doing a lot of magic videos so I've been trying to um, fill my YouTube channel with uh, content. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're definitely working. Uh, you're creating a lot well, of stuff. Absolutely. I'm creating everything that has nothing to do with the show. Nice. I noticed you uh, posted something on Facebook the other day of uh, a, a grandma's apothecary kit. What exactly was that about? Uh, well, obviously, you didn't, you didn't take the time to watch it, Rachel. It was just a picture. Oh, well, there's, I, I have a video uh, on, I have two videos. One is a story that I've never told on stage before about my grandmother and uh, the time she gave me a bath when I was 19 years old. Okay. And then the second video <laughs> is uh, 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 a sort of time-lapse, high-speed um, inventory of her apothecary kit. And because one, one of the things that I have, because my grandmother passed away, and one of the things that I have of hers that's a memento is her apothecary kit because she was a Puerto Rican witch and she did spells and removed curses. And I believe, I mean, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on record and say that I, I fully believe all of that was malarkey, mm-hmm. but she believed it. And so she's my grandmother. So I love her. So there's a conflict there. Also, I think it's important to note that you came into possession of this apothecary kit because you stole it from your father. Well, hold on now. Hold you on. say it in the video. No, I know, but you're, you're putting that out of context. The apothecary kit, my, when my grandmother died, my father and my aunt uh, divvied up a lot of her belongings so that they could have mementos of their mother. Um, and my dad has a lot of her stuff sort of displayed in his house in Orlando, but her apothecary kit was underneath a desk collecting dust. It wasn't displayed. It wasn't out anywhere. It was just being neglected. And I think he kind of forgot it was there because there was a lot of dust on it. So when I went to visit him, I basically rescued this kit and brought it back home. Cool euphemism, bro. You stole it from your dad. Well, he's my dad. I don't actually... You can't really steal anything from your parents because it's all, Yes, you you can. Oh, my God. You're back me up here. Listen. No, I'm... Listen. What you call rescuing... Yeah can be construed as theft. Sure. But I'm saying you can't say there's no such thing as stealing from your parents because you can no, that's absolutely true. No, you're right. steal from no, your parents. No, that's true. You can. You I can. am disagreeing with you on the I, blanket and, statement. And I agree. And I am and, and I am taking back my blanket statement. Thank you. Uh, yes, you can. However, you can. Uh, I do not count this as theft uh, because uh, grandma. Huh. Um, but if you want to know more about it, go to my YouTube channel. Uh, check out all of the videos. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, leave comments because I love, love comments. And if you uh, want to see more, then email us at theepicpodcast at gmail.com. That is not no. our email address. It is at epicpodcast at gmail.com. Drink. Thank Wait, you. I, that's what I said it was. What did I say? You said the epic podcast. You did it like you were an old man. I got on... Um, the Facebook. The oh, other I see. Day. You put it in front of it. Fair enough. You did. Fair uh, well, enough. You know enough. what? We'll we'll go ahead and save you uh, the the work, and we'll just put uh, Nelson's YouTube page in the doobly doo. Oh, there Thank you me. go. Now you don't have to remember anything. Yeah. So, but please we have remember. Continued to add to your 21st century convenience. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, that's what I've been doing. Just uh, basically doing a lot of work that has nothing to do with the show that has looming deadlines. Hooray! No, it sounds like it does have to do with the show because you're... Uh, uh, all right, I'm not going <laughs> to... I realize that you were, you were being Nothing, self-loathing well, for no, the, rhetoric. The, the, work and, that, the work that I'm doing is, is, is not specific to the show that I'm creating. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So there's that. Great. What you been up to? 
Uh, who cares? Rachel, what have you been up to? <laughs> oh, well, um... The internet cares, Schaefer. The internet cares. I, honestly, I spent so much of last month trying to find means of employment that my time was eaten up in that. But I did take time to watch Mad Men. Oh. Uh, so All right. I guess that's the, the how, how much? How much have you, have you watched? I am... Almost done with the episode Waterloo. I don't know what that is. It's uh, the like the mid season finale of the seventh season, so I'm pretty much like in the home stretch. Okay, yeah, th- uh, this means she has about six episodes left that are not yet available on yeah. Netflix. Oh, I see. I see. And I, see. I feel that I'm far enough into it now to say, meh. <laughs> I on I feel like we had this conversation last month with Breaking Bad, where I was like, I don't think I can get behind shows with an anti hero. I think huh. I'm not a big anti-hero human. Interesting. I just don't. I don't get the, it. The, the rest of America loves that shit. I, well, the rest of America loves Breaking Bad. I feel like I need a corner called Unpopular Opinion Corner <laughs> <laughs> with Rachel. Well, <laughs> I, I I actually, uh, uh, I saw the first season yeah. and I didn't like it and I stopped watching. I can't stop watching. Oh, dear. Yeah. It's like it's so bad. It's like a train wreck. No, it's keep... just like I want I want to. Un- I kind of just want to understand humanity. <laughs> and I feel like my best way to connect with humans is by watching the shows that they love. But also, is, is there a part of it in, in the specific case of Mad Men where you're watching and you want to see that there's going to be some sort of comeuppance for these horrible people or at least at least some sort of retribution for the people who have been shit on for six seasons. Yeah, honestly, I feel like I root for the characters who are underappreciated, mistreated. Um, so, so like, basically like all, of them, all of the and, women. Yeah, all of, all the, of the women. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I know he had a very like small part in the beginning uh, before the big like change. But Hollis, the elevator operator, I wanted oh, yeah. to give him a goddamn <laughs> Emmy. I wanted to give him an Emmy so badly. I just, I wanted to be, I loved Hollis. But I I don't know. I, I don't see where any irony is in this. It feels more celebratory of this time, more nostalgic than I than I would prefer sure. in a show that that creates. You no, know, yeah, no, a, it absolutely celebrates that culture. Yeah, absolutely. and and I think I honestly it's unapologetically think that bothers me. Yeah, that bothered me as well. Yeah, but absolutely. which is why I couldn't get past the first season. I just, yeah. I just, I, I, I don't care about any of the damn characters. And and the, my only requirement for for some sort of media that I am consuming. Is that I have to have a hook. I have to have one person that I care about and care about their journey. Oh, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to care about Peggy Olsen. Yeah. Though. She and she yeah. is she's the character that introduces us into the world because, you know, in the first episode, in the pilot, she is a new hire as a secretary at this firm. She's doesn't yeah. know this world. She has no idea what's going on. And she is kind of our chaperone throughout the story. No, and then we watch her we watch her soul turn black. And we watch her like Raise the like, climb the ranks and get a better position, and yeah. also have to face. Does she? Did, I mean, does it get better in the second season? Because first season she's just milk toast. I mean, she's, um, just, she's basically a, a doormat the entire time. Well, yeah, it does get better for her, but it just as things get better for Peggy Olsen, new things get terrible for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, Peggy Olsen is a very tortured character. 
Yeah. Um, she's my favorite character on the show. I well, love I mean, Peggy. She, she would have to be. Yeah. Yes. She's, she's designed that way, I would imagine. She is the one to, to root for. And, and you know, and Joan, too. Joan, yeah. Joan yeah. Harris slash Holloway. Um, I, yeah, I don't care about Mad Men. I don't care about Breaking Bad. I just, I couldn't get into those shows at all. You know, in, in, in much the same way that I could get behind like Sopranos. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't like shows where I'm supposed to root for the bad guy. You know, uh, just, just, ne- I never, I never really understood that. I don't, that, I don't feel like in, in The Sopranos you're always supposed to root for the bad guy. I think like people took it the wrong way. Like the assholes who like idolize Scarface and hang pictures of Al Pacino on their walls. They missed yeah. the point. <laughs> I think in, in The Sopranos you were supposed to celebrate in in the um, in the setbacks that that the heroes face. Well, but it's the I same thing. Like it's it was... the same thing with like Sons of Anarchy. Same thing. I'm supposed to root for the bad guys, and everybody's a fucking bad guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just, I mean, I, 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 I get how it could be popular to some people. It's just, I, it's not something that I particularly am um, drawn to. Yeah, but I love the hell out of Macbeth. Oh, Macbeth is is yeah, he's is the definitely one. a bad guy. Totally a bad. Well, guy. yeah, but he gets like. He gets it in he the end. He gets it in the end. Spoiler you know I mean? alert. Ooh. Macbeth gets it in the end. <laughs> like, I mean, the Macbeth is a story about a bad guy who's who rises and falls hard. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's redemption for the other characters because of his fall. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's... Like, you're not supposed to root for Macbeth. You're supposed to, like, celebrate that he's that he gets taken down. I don't think you're supposed to root for Tony Soprano or Don Draper either. No. Well, I, I, well, I, I guess. I mean, I suppose you're spo- you can make that argument, but uh, the rest of America I just never did. I really enjoyed Mad Men, and I don't know why, because it really made me angry week after week. <laughs> but I never, I never, I was never, there was never a moment in seven seasons of that show where I was ever like, yeah, Don Draper, way to go. Like, never. I, I only waited, I only enjoyed the moments where he was getting his ass handed to him. Yeah, well, I guess I, I guess I suppose that's also the point of the show. Like, you yeah. you you really love it when, like the 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 handsome leading man, like you know, gets something horrible happen to him. Well, it's not the fact that he's the handsome leading man; it's that he's the mildly sociopathic guy who gets his way all the time because he happens to be good at his job. Yeah, and good looking and, and white and all of yeah, the trappings and, like, of that era. Yeah, and like super privileged. Yeah, yeah. He's just a terrible. Terrible self-serving just shit. Awful. <laughs> just awful. I will say, if you if you wish to binge watch Mad Men and you and you honestly don't have anything better to do, like any other way you could serve humanity, like maybe you could volunteer at a soup kitchen. I don't know. I, I guess you could watch Mad Men. I guess you could do that. Well, since you're not enjoying the show, Rachel, this might be lost on you, but at, currently at the Museum of the Moving Image, which is <gasps> yes. a museum in our collective neighborhood, yes. there is a Mad Men exhibit oh, where they yep. have all kinds of like script pages and notes from Anthony Weiner. And, I just and, saw not that. Anthony Weiner. Fun. Not Anthony I mean, Weiner. That was that's the politician. The, that's the politician who, 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 who sent yeah. the picks. The show uh, Scott Weiner? No. no. Uh, Matthew Weiner. Yes. Matthew Weiner is Matthew the creator Wiener. of Matthew. Um, yes. I just saw that exhibit. Uh, yeah, if you go there and there's like there's all kinds yeah. of costumes and stuff, but the, I, the part there's, that's really there's actually there's sets. There are a couple of sets there, like the oh, um, that's neat. The Drapers, like uh, his office, the is Drapers' there. kitchen from yeah. the, when they were a family, from when mm-hmm. they all lived together, right? And then his office, his second office, um, and those are it was pretty amazing. Too. Oh, that's really uh, cool. And they, and they also did a recreation of the actual production writers' room. With like you know notes and and scripts and how it looked when they were when they were uh, plotting out the the story arc 
before the before, prior to each season. Oh, it's actually really fat and, and tons of costumes and tons of props. Well, and the, I will say, I will mm. admit that the the set pieces and the costumes on that show are phenomenal. Oh, as, absolutely! As They're someone who nerds detailed. out over incredibly costuming, detailed. yeah, so great. Oh man! So they, I would I would like to go and see that exhibition. Go good, just yeah. For the it's, it's it's happening right now. Uh, Among yeah. the costumes, they have one of jo- they have Joan's dress that's covered in blood from the episode with the riding lawnmower accident. Yeah. Oh right! Oh, so so I saw that. I was wondering what that was all about. Yeah, because yeah. I was I walked through the exhibit not really knowing anything because again I'd only seen the first season. Yeah. Um, but it was I liked it. It was pretty fascinating. Thank you know, cool. it was like I, I I like looking at uh sort of behind the scenes of Femra. So, oh, nice. And yeah. um, for those of you listeners who are in the <laughs> New York area. <laughs> Uh, we will put information about the American Museum of the Moving Image in the doobly-doo. Awesome. So you've been uh, binge-watching Mad Men um, <clears throat> reluctantly. Yes. Uh, I know I am way late to this party because I am a bad nerd, whatever sure. that means. But sure. I have been finally starting to watch Daredevil on oh, Netflix. Hey! Oh, And I do it slowly. I don't binge-watch anything, but I've watched half of the season. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I'm glad you like it's really it. Great. It's so good. Yeah, it's yeah. Jessica from True Blood is on it. Nobody yeah. told me that. I would have watched it a long time ago. <laughs> she was my favorite character on True Blood. She plays Karen, uh, their their secretary. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you haven't oh, seen Oh, no, that? I've seen Daredevil. I don't know. Oh, I, I see. I never oh, she played, she, was, she played Jessica on I read, True Blood. I read the book series. Oh. Okay. Um, and I just, Stackhouse. I just could not. I could uh, not. True, True Blood was a terrible show. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, um, I love Daredevil. I love yeah. everything about that show. It was so really great. Yeah, you guys uh, can't really. You guys have both finished it, right? Yes. So you can barely talk to me about it. Yeah. Well. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's bring it. it it's. I mean, yeah. I guess not. No, yeah. you well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you're halfway through it, you've kind of. You kind of know where it's going. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it's a superhero story, so yeah. you know he's going to win in the end. It's, it's how he gets there that's really really wonderful to watch. Honestly, Daredevil is the the only like it's a new Marvel property that gives me hope. You know, because yeah. they they did such a good job of like. Well, that and like Ant Man is kind of like, yeah. really, re, like really restored my faith yeah. in the Marvel. Uh, it's the the Marvel machine, yes. as I have come to call it, <laughs> the Marvel machine. I think it's funny that he doesn't even get an entire city to protect. He gets like a few blocks. He gets right. It's Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. Which they, is, they talk about it like it's a burrow. Yeah. Right, and and it's, they and they talk about it like it's the like it's the 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 worst crime ridden hellscape. They talk about it like yeah. it's Hell's Kitchen thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah like Hell's Kitchen is actually really nice now. It's pleasant. And, yeah, and, there's I, like a farmers market. There's res- that <laughs> restaurant row is right there. There's a farmers market that Vincent D'Onofrio ru- <laughs> rules with an iron fist, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently armies of Russians. Yeah. Yes. yes. They're, yes, they're yes. just trying to protect the quinoa. Um, I, think, I think they just got greenlit for season two. They got that... greenlit oh, no, shortly they're after. They're shooting season two. Yeah. Okay. okay. They're in it. Because if you remember from several episodes ago, I have a friend who works on uh, Gotham. Right. Right, right, right. Who's going to get fired because he sends me pictures from the set all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's working on, he works on Daredevil now. And he sends oh, okay. me pictures from the set to spoil the appearance of a character on it. And I was like, that's amazing. Thanks. You're going to get fired, dude. You can't do that. I asked him if he would be on, I asked him if he'd be a guest on the show. Uh-huh. And he could talk about what it's like to work on Daredevil and Gotham. And, we, and I was like, we'll disguise your voice. We'll do it like it's one of those things 
Oh, like a, you know, nice. we put on there be like, nice. like, like, a vo- like a voice med- mo- modulator. <laughs> so we were working, and the penguin was shooting. It was really inspiring to be. <laughs> no, but he he won't do it because uh, he did sign an NDA. So yeah, we'll just have Good, to well, wait. Well, like, no, that's smart. Yeah, he's, well, he, that's very smart of him. Yeah, yeah. But he shouldn't be sending me pictures of the Punisher from that's his cell dumb. Phone. That is actually very dumb. Oh, wait, the Punisher. Uh, whoa! Oh! Scoop. You heard it here first on the Epic Podcast. Or it's all over the internet. John Barenthal, who was on Walking Dead, is playing Frank Castle. Oh, okay. I see that. Yeah. I guess I just spoiled shit to both of you guys. Yeah. You know what? I like how I was was talking to you guys about the show, and I was like, you've both finished it, so don't say anything spoilery. And now I'm telling you shit about season two. Well, I mean, there had to be be some kind of adversary. So, you know, that that was going to get leaked before the Also, I'm never upset about spoilers because I'm obviously in the journey, no matter how I feel about a show. If I'm like, all right, we're doing this, I don't. Netflix is also doing a Hawkeye. Uh, TV show. Really? Like Female. Kate Bishop. <gasps> Say what? Oh now, my god. I know. Now this might be a hoax, but I did see I did see an actual Netflix advertising. It was Hawkeye with a little two over it. Huh. I would watch that twice. I <laughs> I don't know if I'm just really sweaty or if I just like. We'll tell you what. We're gonna after this. We're gonna go to the newsroom and confirm this news. And if it's true, it'll be in the doobly doo. And if it's not, it won't be in the doobly doo. It'll it'll be in the doobly doo either way, confirming or denying. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I have to admit, I was actually productive this month. Oh, that's good. Um, I mean, I was too, but it's just all crappy crapper craps. Yeah, I mean, my band made a music video, so I guess that's. That's cool. Fun. You did a music. When when's that gonna release? Do you know? Uh, it's already out. Oh, yeah. We, How am I just finding about this now? Uh, because it just came out like earlier this week. Oh, okay. Wait. Uh, it you it came out. Yeah. You're not just done shooting it. No, we shot it, we edited it, and we sent it. Oh. We're little we're little worker bees. Yes. Uh, well, that that video. Uh, what's it called? It is called Chore Wheel. And uh, they can find that video on. YouTube. Excellent. Uh, the link yeah. of which will be in the doobly-doo. Done. So many uh, doobly-doo notes really? this week. This uh, month. Yeah. Wait, I want to go back to this Hawkeye 2 thing real yes, quick. Wait. That's all I know. I don't know anything. Okay. That is I don't, I don't want all any, I know. I don't want any details. But the, I don't have any details. This is just the thing that I wanted to say because right. uh, I know that a lot of times we come here and we catch up. We talk about movies and TV shows. Sure. Watching. Right. And I feel uh, like I have to talk about the end of Matt Fraction <gasps> and David. The highly anticipated. Aja? Aha? AJ? Oh, I don't know how to pronounce the that. artist on on the on the Matt Fraction run at Marvel's yeah. Hawkeye. Of, that of just, which Rachel has not fully read. I've not finished it. So yet. So we got to be careful about any kind of yeah. spoilery. All right, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I won't. No, right. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, obviously, I love Matt Fraction and everything that he's done that I've read. He's of, so good. Ever. Um, yeah. Sex Criminals continues to be the, the best book. It's still the best book. If you're still listening to the show and you haven't read Sex Criminals, come on. Do What's it. wrong with you? Why, why do you hate fun? Go that, read it. That said, Sex Criminals is back after several months' absence because Chip Zdarsky is now working on Howard the Duck, <laughs> and Matt Fraction is working <laughs> Who did on he piss everything. Off? Um, but Hawkeye, the 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 run that that Matt Fraction and David Aja uh, sure. ran, it just an- ended. The yes. fourth the fourth and final trade of that run just came out, right. and that is the best. Thing that I have read all year. It's great. It's I. It's o- great. I always liked it. I always liked the way that they took on the character of Hawkeye, who is I feel has never really been all that interesting. But Matt Fraction made him so, made him so compelling. And what a 
an, a disastrous fuck up of a human being he is yes. that actually made him kind of compelling <laughs> to watch the other people around him just like Deal wash their him. hands of yeah. him all the and time and just constantly face palming everything that yep. he's doing while he still manages to like pull it together to save the day right just long enough to do like the right thing at the very end yeah anyway yeah. this story has finally it has come to an end and Ugh. it's sad I guess because there isn't going to be more of the story but I do like comic book stories that aren't just open ended I like it when there is an end right yeah. and so the I don't know how I can't remember the last time I had this much joy reading a trade because you start reading it and you, this fourth one you're like whoa this is weird this is different than the previous three and it does this kind of weird thing and then it starts introducing all these new like kind of subplots and characters and you're like guys this is not this isn't what I was reading this is I feel like I'm going to be disappointed <laughs> with this then it gets to the last like 30 pages and it becomes the best thing that I have read all year yeah I, nice. I cannot stress enough to go read all of the Matt Fraction run on Hawkeye um, especially, I emphatically agree. It's uh, I couldn't agree more. So it's the that comic book is the best movie I've seen this year. <laughs> it is. That fraction writes in a very, very like kind sim- of cinematic it's very style. Cinematic style. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I I um, love and appreciate. I will. I, I will say, uh, and I and I know you're really ambivalent about this, but the um, uh, the 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 new comic book, all new Hawkeye, the all new Hawkeye uh-huh. series, kind of picks up from where they left off. With the sort of misadventures of Hawkeye and Hawkeye, uh, uh-huh. and and they're you know they're in the middle of this mission because they're working for Shield, and then all shenanigans break loose. It's it, it doesn't have the same kind of deep humanity that the Matt Fraction series does, but it still has a lot of the same sense of humor, a lot of the same sort of quirky uh, sort of byplay between a lot of the characters. Uh-huh. Um, I really recommend it. And you and in this in this one you actually get a lot of his history. Um, they're they're basically mining. His childhood for for all of the all of the things that happened to him as a kid that made him become Hawkeye. No, yeah, so did this one. Well, it does. I think I think it does. I think it does it here a, a bit more in depth than the Matt Fraction one. If, as long as they can write the character that there is no trace of Jeremy Renner in it, I'm good. Yes, <laughs> please and thank you. Please and, at Marvel MCU, please just write the character out so I don't uh, have to look at his smug no, ass face anymore. No, it, that he he. Well, I I don't know. I I I I don't see any hint or hair of him in this in the new one. Good. So, Good. Yeah. Good. Can we um, just write can but yeah, we write him that is out? that is a Nelson tip to uh from me to you. Nice. Well, thank you. Maybe cool. I'll look into it. Yeah. I feel like I want to start reading Daredevil books now cuz I like that show so much. Um I've been reading the new Daredevil that's been uh that Marvel relaunched with its new like Phase Four, I think they call it. Is that what this? I don't know what it is, but I I no, I no, no, you're wait, using you MCU about? terminology yeah. to describe the comics. You're talking about Marvel now. Yes, Marvel Now. Thank you. Yes, yes. Um, when they when they did Marvel Now, I'm, I've been reading that Daredevil. His uh, secret identity is now public knowledge. Mm. He moved to, um, I believe, San Francisco uh, to start his law practice there. Oh, I like and that. all hell breaks loose, yo. Oh, good. It's good. I, I highly recommend it. I got really excited about Matt Murdock even before the series when he showed up in the final trade of that She-Hulk series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He does that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, uh, he showed up. He, he showed he up that as, as, a, as opposing counsel in a, oh, in, a in a trial. Cute. <laughs> um, I mean, th- that was. I mean, I, I read that series and I actually wrote a review on that particular comic book. Um, it's predictable, but how it gets there is a whole lot of fun. Cool. Wait, the 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 new all new Daredevil. When when he shows up in the She Hulk comic. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's a bit predictable because she, she's talking about this lawyer from from you know from out east who's really really smart and really good. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I mean, I saw yeah. it coming too. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's Matt Murdock. And then the last panel is Matt Murdock, but the way it gets there is really good. Oh, 
nice. Yeah. I will catch up on that. Yeah, that She-Hulk series was so good. Oh, yeah. I, I, I oh, miss it. I miss it so, so much already. It was only what two trades? I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it got it got a little dodgy right in the middle when um, they switched artists for no reason whatsoever. Um, but it ended really strong. I liked it. You ended really strong. And on that note, I think it's time for us to uh, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Is there anything? <laughs> is, there any, is there anything else? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I could talk about the the show that I just finished been watching. I did see something a while back that I feel that I should mention. Oh, do uh, tell. Uh, I was lucky enough to get one of the the few tickets to the live stage reading remounted production of Little Shop of Horrors. You son <laughs> of a bitch. Uh, you did you actually did mention this to me in private. Uh, yes. I, I feel Wait, that so I hold on. It, it wasn't it wasn't a play, it was a staged reading. Yeah, it was I mean, most everyone was off book. I mean obviously Ellen Green, who most originated sure. the role of Audrey, And who did like a billion performances and, of it, yeah. And re upped her role in this particular production was completely off book. Um and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was Seymour, and he was oh. mostly off book. Yeah? How was uh, he? Was he good? He was great, actually. Jake Gyllenhaal? Yes. All right. He was so good. It was it was a transcendent night. Uh, guys, I actually... Was it uh, a sing-along? No, oh. no, it was it was it was it was blocked out, right? Like a like a production. It had very minimal sets. Was it was it like music stands or was yeah? It... A couple people used music stands. Oh, okay. It was it was just very like loose and flowy. Um, I see. They did I see. a two night engagement. I saw the was second the, was night. the band on stage. The band was on stage. Oh, I love those. Yeah, oh. the the way they did the plant was just adorable. The when they had little Audrey too, there was just a little boy holding. Aww. Like a little plant, and they like moved him around like he was a prop. <laughs> and then uh, in the in 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 the in the later storyline, there was the actual singing sure, character sure, sure. who played who played Audrey. Uh, Audrey too. Sorry. Uh, oh, I don't remember his name. I'll. I mean, I can put all the info okay. about the show in okay. the doobly doo. Like who was who. Um, but it, but, but it wasn't was, like the original. No, 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 oh, no. Okay. He. Uh, I remember reading in the playbill he had played Audrey too in a a touring company. Oh. of it. But he was he was amazing. Nice. Um, but I do have to admit, I did I did partake in a guilty pleasure. What's that? I field reported it. You field reported it? I did. Oh. I got some uh, impromptu <laughs> interviews from the people I saw it with. And okay. uh, if you'd like, I uh, I can bring that and we can. Uh... Yes. Yes. Set it up for us. When, All right. When, yeah. Uh, this is from the very end of the show. OK. Uh, I whipped out my phone right. and I proceeded to ask my three companions what they thought. Oh. Uh, so. Who, so who, who are we listening to? Who's, who are the three companions? I'll tell you on the tape. OK. I'll announce them. Awesome. Don't worry. I this is not my first field report. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's go to the tape. It's me again, your other, other host, Rachel Shank, and I am coming to you post-show a Little Shop of Horrors. I'm here with Mark Robert Turner, Raptor Bird Monkey. In three words, what can you say about the show? Oh. My. God. I'm here with his fiance, soon-to-be husband, Chris Crouch. In three words, what can you say about the show? Holy shitballs. I'm here with Chris's niece, Sophia. In three words, what can you say about the show? It was good. You heard it here, folks. It was transcendent. Uh, you. <laughs> that was incredible. That was wow. 
That, that is by far the best field report. Uh, I feel like I was there, and now I hate you. <laughs> because I was not I, there. I love so Little good. Shop of Horrors more so than anything in the world. It I, was uh, so good. Wowzers. Yeah. Wowzers. It was, guys, it was so good. Well, I, I, was, uh, I read a comic book I really liked, and Rachel's all like, I saw Ellen Green portray Audrey on Broadway. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I cried at Somewhere That's Green. God. Oh, wept. I always cry like, on that song. Wept like Somewhere a woman. That's <laughs> green. Please don't. Uh, well, fuck. I don't even. I don't think we should even top that. I think we should uh, go to break. I got nothing. That's good. Yeah, I got nothing. That. Seriously. Uh, um. So let's go to break. Yeah. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Dear Sarah, I know it's been a long time. I heard that you got married. I heard you're doing fine. I heard you bought a house that you're happy and in love. I heard you got your PhD. I heard you had a son. Time flies, girl. How's your brother? How's Seattle? How's your dad? How's your mother? I know I missed you when I last came to town. You dropped off my guitar and then you had to bounce. So many memories in that beat up case. Big Sur, Idaho, Tahoe, and the Bay. And it was hard, a college changed it all Thought we'd always be together, but life had proved us wrong Prom night, you look so young in those photos When I picked you up in my parents' red Volvo I wish you nothing but the best, you deserve it That mean song I wrote, well I wish you'd never heard it I found the Triforce and I'll always let it guide me I've got the pieces and they've always been inside me I know it's been a while and we rarely speak I'm letting go these days, guess I found the link Mary, how's everything in Hyrule? Hard to believe, I've known you since high school Remember how we met at that far side show? One kiss, that was it, thought I'd never let you go In the mountains we kicked it, so spiritual You always brought the fire when we freestyled lyrical Those nights down in Oakland by Lake Merritt were the best Comic Con, Amsterdam, South by Southwest Some nights you made me happy, some nights you made me lazy Some nights you made me jealous, some nights you made me crazy Some nights you made me laugh, some nights we just relaxed You made that food delicious, I'll admit you made me fat So I had to move on, found support online I threw away the tools that had kept you in my life Found freedom at last when I realized that This ocarina of time, it kept me stuck in the past the Triforce and I'll always let it guide me I've got the pieces and they've always been inside me No longer will I let you consume or define me I had to let you go and leave that dark world behind me Dear Andrew, how you been dude, what's new? It's been a minute since I last checked in with you I know it's hard watching mom and dad get older But realize that they're proud of their little rapper soldier Wish that you could give them grandkids pretty soon But your schedule on the road doesn't leave a lot of room Plus it's master of the suitcase, master of the sublet It's not honestly ready to be a dad yet Wish you had a real place to keep all your stuff Cause these storage locker bills, they keep piling up You hope your sister's not alone forever And that your Uncle Joel somehow gets better Losing touch with friends cause you're always on the go Fighting with your girl out in London on the phone Ignore the serpents in the shadows, you'll be fine, dude. You've got your music and amazing fans behind you. I found the Triforce and I'll always let it guide me. I've got the pieces and they've always been inside me. You're talking negative, but I can't even hear you. 
I'm watching it beat my dust in the rear view. And now, a brief word from the Nerdy Show Network. Hello there, I'm Schaefer the Dark Lord from the Epic Piecast, speaking on behalf of all of us here at the Nerdy Show Network. We need your feedback. Whether you listen to all of our podcasts, some of our podcasts, nerdy.fm, read our articles, watch our videos, or have any kind of opinion on something we do, we want to make sure that your Nerdy Show Network experience is the absolute best. That's why we've made a survey so that you can let us know what you like the most, what you like the least, how you connect with our content, and if we're lucky, how to evolve Nerdy Show into the Charizard of Nerd Entertainment Networks forever and ever. Please take a moment to complete our survey at nerdyshow.com survey. That's nerdyshow.com survey. From all of us here at the Nerdy Show Network, we thank you for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, before we bring on our guests this month, I want to read a letter from the mailbag that we've been sleeping on since July 10th. This letter came to us from a Jay Derelict, who wrote, Dear Schaefer, Nelson, and Rachel, As you seem to have not had a field report for a while, I hope you don't mind me filing a field report from your Pittsburgh office. It features a guest who should have been on the PiCast already. Your friend, Jay. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a listen to Jay Derelict's field report. Hi, Epic Piecasters. This is your field reporter, Jamie Derelict, in Pittsburgh. I'm at the Warp Tour, and I'm here with a friend of yours. Hello, Semsi Lars with the Warp Tour field report on the Schaefer the Dark Lord Nelson Lugo podcast. I'm kidding. We're doing a parody. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really loud here. It's really rainy here. You should be here. You should be here. I love you. All right, this is the field report. Over and out. Oh, thank you so much, Jade Derelict, for doing our job for us. That's delightful. <laughs> as as head of field reports here at uh, the Epic Podcast, I I noted there was a, a, a I don't know a, a certain cute little uh, young woman missing from the from, from the thing. <laughs> where where are you going with this? Uh, I'm sad that. I'm not there. I see. I didn't get to be a part of that field report. I think, I think it's awfully arrogant of him to just assume that he yeah. can field report for um, us, quite frankly. Uh, Mr. Derelict, if you would like to do field reports, I am happy to travel to the places <laughs> that you are. I will help you field report. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest on the program this month has made a name for himself creating post-punk laptop rap. Please welcome to the program... MC Lars. Hooray! Hello! Hello! Hello, Epic Podcast listeners. It's almost like we planned this. Huh. It's so nice to have, you know, we've never done, we've never had a guest that we've, like, had uh, call in on Skype or whatever. We've only had guests who were in the studio. So we could have called you up a long time ago, but we waited until we were actually able to have you physically here. and And that patience has paid off. So I can reach out and touch you. Do it. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, they touched. They fived. Uh, hello, Lars. Welcome. Welcome to the, pod- uh, to the podcast. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Mark. Hello, Nelson. Oh, my. <laughs> 
so formal. That was honestly, I felt really like not formal about that. <laughs> it's like a friendship circle, though. Oh, we're like, oh, we should have drums. We should have drums. <laughs> so, um, Lars, you have been incredibly busy uh, for the past ten years, uh, but specifically this summer, um, you just got off of Warp Tour. Ooh, is that correct? That is correct. We did uh, the, our third summer on the Vans Warp Tour. And Three I was years. I was joined by the lovely and talented Ash Wednesday from Handjob Academy. Oh, nice. oh, very cool. And my drummer John Thatcher Longley. Oh, clean up your house. Yeah, and his house is he cleaned up the house with them drum solos. Oh, oh. he is a really good drummer. <laughs> um, for <laughs> people who don't know, I, in 2009 on my album This Chicken at Robot Kills, I had a song, and the title of the song was My Drummer's Address, and the song was about how messy his house was and how he was like living a life of squalor and like derelict musicianhood. But now every time I introduce him or every, anytime he's doing merch, people go, "Are you John? Clean up your house, bro!" And <gasps> the joke is long, like lost its humor for him. Oh, he's oh, there. Oh, he. He was so over, over it. He was over that joke in 2010. I remember when we were on the MC Chris tour, people were still like, hey, man, clean up your house. And he just <laughs> had this <laughs> defeated sigh. <laughs> he was over that joke before the album even came out. <laughs> oh, dear. Love you, John. He's I, a good sport. I have an important question. Is his house clean now? Yes. He lives in Tampa, Florida, and he has the cleanest apartment ever. It's like if you – yeah, basically, like, we made a point. He, All right. <laughs> he got the message. Wait, he and Joe both move? Well, they don't live together anymore. Oh. Wow, you remember Joe? Yeah, Joe yeah. was on tour with us. Yeah. yeah. Joe, our Wait, sound engineer. Joe? Our sound engineer, and he produced a lot of my third record this, uh, called Lars Attacks. Joe's a good, great guy. Shout out to Joey Flash. Whoa, Joe what Flash. up, Joe Flash? Joe Flash. Oh, uh, I, I just want to tell all of the internet, if you, if you meet Lars's drummer, do not tell him to clean up his house. Yeah, get over it, internet. It's done. <laughs> Put, it's an old joke. Put Just that stop. baby to Knock bed. Knock it off. He appreciates that a lot. More How about than you? No internet, don't be a dick, okay? Leave him alone. So I'm I'm curious about what the experience uh, on Warp Tour is like because to me, you have a much more positive attitude about being a live performer than I do. I am. Uh, <laughs> Everybody I, has a yes. better attitude of being a live performer than I, you do. I don't know. I see you doing these. It, it seems like you do like 30 dates, and they're in the sun, and they're these all day shows, and you just have this unfailing enthusiasm throughout the whole thing what what is it like doing the warp tour an, an outdoor show all summer long that's a great question mark and i'm glad you asked it. <laughs> you know this, the club show we did tuesday with was it tuesday when saturday saturday with weedus <laughs> yes. and yes. had handjob academy and you and me it would that felt so easy because you roll up it's like whoa you don't have like you get there at five mm-hmm. as opposed to seven a.m. Because at Warp Tour, you wake up at seven a.m., you wheel your merch and your tent out, and you fight a hundred bands for the best merch spots. It's like it's like very Darwinian. You find your spot. You get told seven times to move your tent <laughs> because this is where the ice cream truck goes. This is where this blah blah blah. Then you go. Then you bring your drummer breakfast because he sleeps till nine every day, and then <laughs> and then you come back and then you set up your merch and then you go and p- pace the venue with a hundred posters. Then once you've done that with your set times, you go try to talk to every kid in line for an hour and a half and high five them and talk about, oh, your shirt, My Little Ponies. Oh, my gosh, that's ironic. You're a guy. Guess what? I make nerd rap. I play at 1140. Come watch. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I love your Legend of Zelda chain. Yeah, it's fake, but I still play it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Warp Tour, blah, blah, blah. Eclectic music. Oh, my gosh. And you high five everyone. And sometimes when people don't high five you in line, you go, that was tight. That was tight. When people are too cool. Then everyone <laughs> comes, at 11 a.m., everyone comes rushing in. And by the way, shout out to Kevin Lyman who runs the festival because he's he's up at like a, he's up all day at seven a.m. making sure the kids get in. Like he's very hands on. Anyway, the kids come in, 
you try to like every kid who comes by your merch booth you try to talk to him or her tell him when you're playing and then you play then you do press for like an hour and a half but and then you have to bring three meals to your drummer while he's sitting at the merch tent and then <laughs> and then at eight o'clock you pack up load your stuff in the trailer and then you're on the road by 10 usually what the, so the whole show is wrapped by eight yeah, because all, most of the sh- most of the venues are in parking lots, so there's not like lighting. So once the sun sets, everything packs up. But it's all mobile; like all the stages are on trucks. It's all generators, and it's just incredible. And it's been 21 years, so it's um, Warp Tour has been been going strong for 21 years since it's the longest running North American festival. Summer Good festival. gravy! That's very cool. It's tight, right? Yeah, it's tight, it's tight, it's tight. Do you give yourself how much? How much of a break do you give yourself once you finish something like that? Uh, before you go, yeah. Do you do you just like veg out for like a month Ooh. afterwards, or no? The first thing I want to do is the uh, podcast. <laughs> I come and do I come and do podcasts with my friends. We went. We Ashley and I went to Lake Tahoe, and then we went to Big Sur, and then we're just chilling in New York this month. So it's kind of it's kind of low key. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. But um yeah, it's exhausting. Are you, are you are you picking up any sort of just ad hoc Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Gigs as you're, as you're kind of taking it easy. And... I'm doing a Labor Day show with Less Than Jake in oh. Gainesville. And then we did the show with Weedis. And then I'm doing um, some shows in October. Nice. So it's pretty tight. It's pretty tight. It's pretty tight. But yeah, it is pretty full on. And it's yeah. like, but the thing is, after you rap and stuff like that, well, rap with a W and rap yes. without a W, yes. whatever puns. After that, <laughs> it's very, very like full on. Everyone's hanging out all the time. And it's like you're camping. And so you meet, like you hang out with all these like death metal bands and like post hardcore bands and DJs. And so it's very, it's, a, I've met a lot of people from different scenes. And I think like I owe a lot of the guests on my records to Warped Tour because I've met them all through that weird in that, you know, because I do a lot of like pop punk and ska stuff and I met all these people through that community. So it's tight. It's tight. And um, also shout out to MC Chris because he did it a few years and he kind of opened the doors for me. Like he put in a good word, in a good word for me. So thanks, Chris. Oh, really? I thought it went, I thought it went the other way. I thought like he got it after you had done it. No, he did it like in 08, I think. Oh, okay. And then he kind of like opened the doors for for nerd rap or whatever. But yeah, it's kind of like he and I kind of alternate years. But um, it's, you, it's have, now you've done it three years. Is it is it three years in a row? Tres años, mi amigo. Whoa, <laughs> that's French. No, it's Spanish. Three. No, I, I they tried to change it up. So I did it 11, 13, and fifteen. In two thousand eleven, I was in a group. With the drummer from Code in Cambria, Weird Science, he raps, and so we were like a oh, group. Okay, mm-hmm. and so that was tight. That was tight. So here we are. Hey, uh, you, you were you having to set up? Did, you're, so every day you're you're setting up your tent. You don't have like pre 
determine spaces where your merch tents go up. Were you always um, next to Kosha Dills on this tour? Ooh, yes. <laughs> most most every day I was next to him or one ten away. So he and he was on a bus with us and we shared a drummer. So I became very close with Rami. Oh, this year. Okay. Have you met him? Yes, I, I have because we who do is this? the. I don't know who this is. Well, we do. We've been doing the the same um, South by Southwest showcase every year for like six years now, and that's how I met Kosha Dills because he hasn't always been on those shows, uh, but he's always there. He always shows up at the. He's he's a he's a rapper. Okay, and, and he shows up at shows. Yeah, yeah. And he, he shows up. He's he's always got like handful of CDs and he's passing them out. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah. then I saw when I saw pictures like that when Lars was posting pictures from from Warp Tour of his tent, I saw like a Kosha Dills tent, and I was like, Kosha Dills, the yeah. guy who's always at the who shows up at the, at the end of the night at the South by show. He crushed it this year. He worked really hard. He sold CDs to everyone. Like he'd be up there selling CDs to people coming in, people leaving. He'd free, he'd be like, "Yo, let me freestyle for you." And then he'd be like, "If you like my freestyle, buy a CD." Because he's oh, like, wow. a street performer, really. Yeah. And he crushed it. And he worked really hard. And he is unfazed uh, at promotion. Also, a thing that I I can't relate to. Like you have this this um, indomitable positive outlook on life and he has this indomitable um drive to promote his act these are just two things that, to which right. I, I i have a struggle relating because i'm <laughs> I, I hate everything he's he <laughs> is hungry he is hungry for oh, success yeah. and I, I i think it's like he's one of those guys who he's legendary everyone knows kosher deals he's yeah. everywhere and um if you don't know him, you will know him. So shout out to Kosha Dills. You know, a couple of years ago there was a when during what our Kosha Dills? A couple of years ago, uh, one of the local weeklies in Austin to promote our, our South by Showcase ran an article that was the top five Jewish rappers you have to see at South by Southwest this year. <laughs> and both he and I were on it. And Are you Jewish? I am not Jewish. No. <laughs> Oh, but he and I were both on the in the article, and I was like, I talked to him about it that night when he showed the thing. I was like, "Yo, we were in that article," and he was like, "Yeah, that was tight." And I'm like, I could, didn't have the heart to tell him that I'm actually Gentile. Um, oh, great! He his 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 um, inroad into rap is he was Modest Yahoo's hype man. He you was guys what? know Modest Yahoo? He's oh like, yeah, yeah. He's he toured with him a lot. Oh, I didn't and know that. And that's his that's his big homie. So that he, Modest Yahoo kind of uh, uh, was his mentor. In the rap game, so oh, very cool. Pretty tight, pretty tight, pretty tight. So, what are you, what are you doing when you're not on the the Warp tour, like in in those in between years? <laughs> I've been Just throwing high fives. Throwing yeah, fives. he does it. Also, I, I would like the listeners to know, uh, I have never been high five this many times on the on the podcast in the entire three years. This is probably life. the most times you've ever been high fived in your life, like ever. in a day at least. Okay. Yes. Um, so what? So what are you doing in the off years? And another high five. Um, I've been well. That's a good question. Jeez, I I put out an Edgar Allan Poe album. I put out sure. a, a, an album called Lars Attacks that was very serious and sad. And then, <laughs> and then I, I did. Find that hard to believe. I did some one-offs with my favorite rappers in the nerd rap community. Sure. And I toured with Chris, and I went to England a lot, and Europe, and Australia, and New oh, Zealand. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah, I, I remember uh, looking at your Facebook feeds. And and seeing all of the pictures from like, uh, did you go to Scotland at one point? Oh yeah, we were yeah, up, yeah. up there eating haggis and rapping. It was tight. Not <laughs> in that over order. Haggis. Wait, actually in that order. Nice, 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 nice. And I signed an artist to my label, and I I, I had a, a horse records as my label. I put out a record from one of my friends, Weird Science. And wait, is that the first non MC Lars release on your label? That yeah, first non MC Lars release. Because I know the, it was a label you started back in with your first album. That was your first album. Your first <laughs> yeah. album was on your was on that label. That's right, and I partnered with BMG for that. That was the laptop. 
Whoa! How'd you know that? How'd you know that? Um, I've known you laptop for years. Laptop EP. <laughs> the laptop EP, yeah. Yeah. And then my second album was called Manslaughterer. No, that was <laughs> that was your friend that was your friend Mark's third album. Oh, <laughs> that's what that was. And then I um, then I did a record about like with a lot of metaphors about New York and like about my own personal growth, and it was really well produced oh, and well mixed. Okay. with great videos. Okay. Oh dear. Yeah, oh wait, that was your last record. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, that was Sick Passenger. Look yeah. for it on the doobly doo. <laughs> Yo, what's up with Apple? What is Apple Music? Can someone explain that to me real quick? Apple. Music? I don't really understand what Apple Music you is. You pay for it, but I already own the songs, and Spotify already does the job. It's 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 like a streaming music service, right? Like you yeah. you bait by it feels like. Didn't isn't it a business model that was tested by like a few other companies and failed like years ago? I think it's like it's, they're using the proprietary hardware of everyone's Apple systems because when you open iTunes, it's like Apple Music. Want to join? Three months free, and you're like, um, I already have like forty million songs. So then right. it just streams music yeah. from their it's, library. It's, it's basically that, Apple's version of Spotify. That's that's really what oh. it is. Is that what it is? Yeah. And it's just because it's it's not doing well. It, when I, is it launched? I, don't, I, I, yeah, I, I will I, take your word for it. I, I don't know. I recall getting the update on my phone and then opening my music app, and it was like, "Hey, do you want to pay money for music?" And I went, uh, "No, no." Well, um, why would I pay more money? I already have Spotify. Yeah. Like, well, I think I noticed that Dre's new record isn't on Spotify, but it is on Apple Music. Uh, Tay Swift took all of her is stuff that? off Spotify too. So people are. So it's kind of like they're strong arming the bigger brands into being do you think do you think they're getting a better deal probably a higher percentage because everyone's so mad at spotify i ain't uh. mad at spotify though props to spotify they, <laughs> every month spotify is very kind to me and so you're sure. getting you're getting checks i love spotify yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm pretty sure you're on at least a couple of my nerd rap mixes so uh, are you serious yeah i'm a listen i'm i'm a i'm a hip-hop head that's right. That's right. Listen, don't let my outward appearance fool you. You play your cards right, no. Rachel. You're gonna get the uh, you're gonna get the, the the Raven puppet cameo during the finale oh, of his set I, one of these I days. Totally, I, I totally, I, 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 actually, I wanted that. to thank you because you let me do the Raven puppet for uh, at at the last Nerdapalooza that we did, and I had a shit ton of fun doing that. You marked it. I what now? You killed it. Okay. And then they might be giants came on stage <gasps> and they and they sucked the air out of the room and they sucked the funding out of that festival. Yes. No, oh, no. They, they definitely took the money out of it. They so nobody got mo- paid. They killed it. They killed it though. No, they didn't. You're you're being very very kind. No, they're awesome. Particle Man is tight. Yeah. Well, you know, like the, the the songs that everybody knows and loves was great. The songs that nobody cared about. Eh, it's so- I don't know. I still liked them. Yeah. 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 Did, I was the Istanbul song. I was disappointed in, in that set, to be honest. They opened with it. Even, yeah. In fact. Which is weird. Why would you open with your most popular... Anyway. Were matter. you guys at um, Orlando Nerdfest this year? No. no. But who... Chris was there, right? <laughs> Rachel, were you down there? No. Chris was there. Who else? Uh, Ooh, MC Chris? Raheem, yeah. Raheem was there. Raheem. Was Damien? No. No. Was uh, former Fat Boys? No. no. Uh, who played? Richie Branson. He's awesome. Um, Warrock? Who? No. Adam no. Eugene? No. No. It was a bunch of uh it was like a bunch of locals. A lot of but... locals and like MC Chris and Raheem and Yeah. Chris is dope Raheem. though. That's tight. Yeah. yeah. Uh how do I get on that train? I've got some stuff. Uh you're asking the wrong person. I, I, know, I didn't get to do it this Wait, year. Who does it? Who does it? Is it Hex still? No. No. Hex was Nerdapalooza and then now it's it's, it's uh Chozo. Chozo, who's the man. Shout out to Eric Wright, the original Easy E. His real name is Eric Wright. It did is. you know that? I did know that. And he's actually not the original Easy E because of something called chronology. Yes. He's he is younger. <laughs> he is younger than the late Easy E. 
Have you guys seen Straight Outta Compton? No, I was going to no. ask you. No, have you? Seen I, it? I was going to go last night and then I didn't. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? You know what? Let's blow this off. Let's all go to yeah, the theater right now. Yeah, let's Let's fucking go. That's when tight. we wrap, let's go. Yeah. Let's go see a late show. Fuck yeah. No, I can't. I can't. But you guys can't. are tight. You guys but are tight. I, I want to see it this weekend. Let's see it this weekend. Okay. Can we field report it? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I want to I wanna see Straight Outta Compton. Me too. You know, I want to I want to ask you something, Lars. What? Oh, shit's going to get real now. <laughs> I really like all three of you, by the way. This is oh, a tight, oh, this is a tight podcast. <laughs> we were, we've been delighted for months knowing that you were coming. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. No, as soon as, as soon as we heard that you were uh, going to be on, I, the, I, we've, been, we've been waiting but with bated breath yeah, for this day. Schaefer, Schaefer said, Lars is going to be on in August. And I was like, you know that's my birth month, right? What, wait, what birthday? Uh, August 4th. Oh, happy previous birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It happened. It's yeah. fine. It's really, guys, it's not a big deal. It happened. It's over. I just am excited that Lars is here. Fair August enough. 4th, be with you. Thank you. Oh, and also with uh, you. Thank you. Drop, drop your question. Very All right. Now, hit him. Hit him. Hit him. I, I, I want to talk about this, and I asked you about this before we started recording. Hit you him do, in the gut. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Do you do any vocals for your record in this apartment? Yes. All of them. And do you comp your verses like Damien, or do you just... Yeah. 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 All right. That's not well. Well, I comp my verses not like Damien. <laughs> I don't record. I don't record ten takes of every line. For anyone who hasn't seen Damien's uh, sessions for his vocals, MC Frontalots. Oh my god! It looks like the Fibonacci sequence had a baby with a helix, double helix DNA strand. There's there's more color in that than uh, a Richard Pryor stand-up comedy routine. <laughs> I did a guest verse for him. I did a guest verse for him a few years ago, and I had to, he wouldn't like. I couldn't record my parts and send them to him because I lived in the same city. So I went to his apartment, and we recorded for like two hours. This but, is sixteen bars, but you killed it. Well, I well, thought I did, and then a couple weeks later, he called me up. And was like, uh, "We're gonna need to redo it." And I went back for like another two hours. Which song? Uh, Disaster. Oh yeah. Oh, but it was song. it was. Oh, yeah. But I remember seeing his sessions when we were there, and I was like, "You really don't throw anything away during the process." But you know what's amazing? That Karl Marx talks about how time is a big commodity, and I think what's incredible about Damien is that, like, for all my records, I've hired engineers and producers and like paid them a lot to do that job. He sits down and does it because he's such like a focused, smart computer guy. So it's like it's incredible, which means he has unlimited capacity to make unlimited records because he's the, all the overhead is just his rent for his apartment, yeah. which yeah. is very punk rock. Well, that's, I mean... <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I, it is, actually. I, I follow, like, I, 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 I kind of behave similarly in that, like, I don't go to a studio to record my... I do all my vocals so that I can... I have control of all of the editing and comping on my end, but I still send them to somebody else to mix them. So who makes Sick, sick Passenger? Um, a guy named Cecil Decker. Oh, yeah, I think I met him. Yeah? He's or like I've in, emailed him He's before. in the Carolinas. He is a really good a mixing engineer. Yeah, he did a really great job. Um, Shout out to Cecil Decker, son. What up, Cecil? I was waiting. I was like, he's going to give a shout out. Yo, I got so excited. Cecil, I'll so see, like ready. see you at the Grammy, Cecil. <laughs> when Kendrick Lamar asks you to mix his next record oh, on shoot. proprietary exclusive to Apple Music. <laughs> I don't know. Well, probably because of the Dre connection. I'm just thinking corporations, art, hip hop, money, power. You what, know. But yeah. you create a link there between Kendrick Lamar and Dre. Dre, yeah. Dre did his, his first big record. The How to Pimp a Butterfly? City. Oh. oh okay. Did you know that? No. no. His, he's Dre's protege. Oh, I thought that that was still that. in that like nebulous 10-year period where Dre was pretending to be working on a record that never came out. Well, anyway, they're, they're working together. Okay. Oh, awesome. Oh, nice. Well, at least I think so. That's what the internet told me. Maybe wrong. I mean, the internet <laughs> is not a perfect vehicle hey, for Hey, 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 if it's on the internet, right. it must be true. 
Okay, this is what I want to ask you about. Yeah, so okay. you like I derailed the whole conversation? I, yeah, because I, I know you don't want to talk about this. Ten minutes of talking about recording. A few years ago, you got into uh, a little bit of hot water. Um, you wrote a piece uh, entitled Nerdcore is Dead. Was that what it was titled? Yeah, I believe, I believe so, yeah. <laughs> Where you were, you were kind of talking about a little bit of unchecked privilege among uh, nerdcore artists, specifically white nerdcore artists, um, and how they... Uh, they were operating from the assumption that likening their their experience as being a nerd was was uh, comparable to that of being an African American, and 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 th- basically the struggle that so many uh, hip hop artists before us had uh, come across, and so many people took such offense to this, such defensive offense to this. Um, I just wondered what like the the. If if it, what the, what the fallout was like? Did you anticipate that you were going to get that much of a backlash? Before we get into the fallout, I'd like to know like what the impetus was, like what 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 sort of created this this space where you felt you needed to to speak on on this subject. Like what what was happening in your scene where you just went, I can't watch this anymore without saying something. I would I personally would like to know. I think a lot of people were asking me to listen to their albums and I noticed that a lot of these people weren't taking my advice to like listen to Nas and Rakim and KRS-One and Run DMC and Public Enemy and even Tupac and all Wu-Tang Clan. I was like, yo, people were like, yo, what do you think of my album? I was like, well, I think you might, it might behoove you to listen to the people who invented rap music before doing a fourth generation parody of it. <laughs> and and that was kind <laughs> of my honest, yeah. honest perspective. And then people were like, well, Hip hop has become so multicultural that, you know, just like jazz and rock, we don't need, really need to focus on its cultural history and we don't need to um, give props to the people who laid the tracks for the culture. And that kind of irked me because then people would like, you know, people would, would do really like thick African-American accents and like, co- like use a lot of hip hop slang. And it just was offensive to me as someone who's like a student of the culture who obviously I didn't grow up on the street and like I'm not I'm not first generation hip hop by any means but I wanted people to like my point was saying don't liken the nerd experience to the experience of being someone who's been given uh, who's had a hard time in America because of your race or your gender or your class or your sex or or anything I mean and that's kind of like my point and then that got reinterpreted and it's almost like if you say something on the internet people reinterpret it and love to do sound blurbs out of context I don't know have you ever heard of this phenomenon <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry it's called reddit uh, if you've ever no, been there don't it's go. whatever makes a tasty headline that just can't is irresistible to your clicker no, what, what exactly was this was this a blog post was this a Facebook thing like what What? Yeah, where, was, where did you put this it was on my wordpress on my site oh I see and, mm-hmm. and no actually I think it was on my MC Lars blog spot and I'd never gotten more traffic to my site and I was like, wow, this is interesting. And, but, but Sage Francis, like, I, then I like, apologized and blah, 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 blah. What I think irked people is I listed the nerdcore rappers that I liked. And every nerdcore rapper who was a friend of mine who wasn't on that list uh, was mad. And I think they had a right to be mad. Because I basically said, this genre is whack, except for these homies. <laughs> and then people who were my homies were like, whoa, well, how come, you know. Oh, and that right. was they, like, they felt left out and they felt included mm-hmm. in the... The, the rabble who doesn't particularly care about the source material. Right. right. Who, yeah. does, who doesn't understand the social history of the genre and want to like uh, build upon, stand on, 
stand on the shoulders of the giants who created it. Right. I think there was a lot of like entitlement that really bothered me. And kids coming to shows, giving me demos, telling me how dope they were and how much hip hop sucks. And I'm like, well, how much hip hop do you listen to? Like yeah. that bothered me. That mm-hmm. You can't talk about how hip hop sucks if you never listen to hip hop. I think hip hop's great. And I think even like the trap stuff and even like the, 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 the party music, like all of that has a place. So don't be like, don't make a generalization. But in putting that blog out, I made a generalization. I hurt some feelings. For that, I feel bad. But I don't feel bad about asking people who are pra- practicing a culture to try to research and understand the musical form in which they exist. Well, I think yeah, I think that's yeah, that's true. That's true of any yeah, yeah. any legitimate yeah. art form needs to understand where it came from yeah. in order to uh, in order to create something new. Like you. Well, can't espe- cr- especially when it's as racially charged as, right. as white folks borrowing black people's music. Right. And right. I feel like, especially, like, I don't, I'm, I'm sure, I, th- given how much I've gotten this over the years, you've surely gotten a lot of it too, where you get, like, a lot of audience members who will want to come up to you and say things like, hey, you know, I hate hip-hop, but I love what you do. And that's, that is, uh, is such a compliment that is not a compliment. because you're a it's, backhanded it's, compliment. It's, it's such an insult to what it is that you care about and to what it is that's inspired you yeah. that... That it's 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 some it's it feels like they're saying oh thanks for making a thing that you enjoyed safe for me to enjoy. Well, yeah. oh yeah. Here's an example. So when Lucas did the Star Wars movies, he studied the Jungian archetypes and Joseph Campbell and all of the all of the mythology mm-hmm. that he brought together in creating the characters in the Star Wars universe. And when extensive he, research, yeah, extensive yeah. research. When he was in, he broke his leg, right? He got into Carcassonne and he studied all those books. And the reason why Star Wars is great is because for many reasons, but one, because it taps into all of these universal themes and characters yeah. and, and things we can identify with. The best quote-unquote nerdcore rappers were the ones, my friends like MC Chris and Frenela and Yu Schaefer and Raheem and everyone who, had, who I could have extensive conversations about hip-hop with. And I kind of found a correlation where, okay, if you respect the culture and like have studied the records, it shows in your music. And that's what I was saying. I was basically saying, make good music. Understand what like if you if you're if you study the craft you can do it better you can, no one can totally reinvent the wheel that's my opinion yeah. he, and yeah. he, even the new school like nerd rappers like Watsky and Lil Dicky and everyone who's like doing really well in the YouTube game they've all studied hip hop in a very smart intelligent way too and I think that's so important because if you don't you're making a mockery of the culture and like yes you could be a hobbyist but do it with respect that's yeah. all I have to say. It's, right? it's yeah, definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna add to what you're saying by 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 bringing it to more like visual artists. Like visual artists shouldn't and and don't go into the world of creating paintings or sculptures without studying their forebears. Why? Like I don't feel that 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 music should be any exception. I know yeah. full well that like having a love and appreciation of an of like of a genre um, can help promote that art that you're making when you understand like what what came before you i think well i think that's true of any of any art form that is sort of recognized as being a legitimate work works of art like whether it's ballet or or even in the magic world you know when when i was studying magic it's it the history of it was drilled into me so profoundly that i can't even think of creating anything new without thinking about the hundred people before me who perfected the techniques that I'm learning now, you know, and it's, it's, and magicians who, who come and just basically study the next hot sleight of hand, you don't, you never hear of them because they don't care about the history. They don't care about the people who created it in the first place. And it's just, um, 
you know, it, it's sort of I, I guess I guess nerdcore is such a, a young art form that it's still in its growing pains, technically speaking. Yep. And it's it's kind of whining about wanting to be recognized as its own thing. Like it's basically rebellious teenagers like this ain't your granddaddy's music. I'm doing the new shit. Like, well, you wouldn't have to do new shit if there wasn't your fucking granddaddy's music. Yeah. I know that over the years I've gotten like emails from time to time and you've probably gotten these too that were like that were like uh, I'm an aspiring young nerdcore rapper. Can you give me advice? And every time I've gotten one of those I either stop don't calling res- yourself a nerdcore I either rapper. don't respond to it or I say stop just stop whatever it is that you're trying to do. <laughs> stop listening to me and Lars and front a lot and start listening to Cool Modi and Slick Rick and Public <gasps> Enemy and start cool like start, and Juicy J. Yeah, start trying to be a rapper. Like yeah. be a rapper first and then decide what it is that y- yeah. you want to talk about. But like listen to hip hop first. Stop listening to people who are stop yeah. listening to people who have listened to hip hop and start listening to hip hop. Yeah, start from the beginning. Because and then, it's, it's and then build history. upon that and then start listening to the people who have been yeah. inspired and have created something new with it. Get yeah. your basics in. Yeah. A good, oh, sorry. Rachel, I didn't mean oh, to interrupt you. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, it's elementary, guys. Yeah. Go it's, go to the kindergarten of hip hop. Exactly. Start with the Sugar Hill Gang. <gasps> Get in. Sugar oh, Hill Gang. Rachel, with the history... The, a great speaking of history, a great history for the nerds is Ed Piskor's Hip Hop Family Tree graphic novel series. Uh, what is it? Fantagraphics is that the company? Yeah, yeah. The third series just came out, the third volume, and it's just the history from um, uh, from Cool Herc. Although he's doing the history of hip hop till now, and he did Damn. it for for Boing Boing, I think it started, and it's a beautiful, amazing series. And like anyone who's into nerd rap and comic books, it's such a great history because in the back he has the discography of every song he referenced, and it's just the history of rap going back to the samples like the Winstons and James Brown and all the original source material for rap. Um, so that's amazing. That's my favorite comic book series ever. And we'll, what is that we'll, called again? Uh, Hip Hop Family Tree. Hip Hop Family. We'll put Tree. that in the doobly doo. Right in the doobly doo. Friend of Lot got me into it. Very cool. It's tight. Um, didn't Hip Hop celebrate a really important anniversary this month? Oh, oh, it was the isn't it the four the fortieth anniversary of the first block party that um, Cool, cool Herc. Herc threw? Yeah, August eleventh. I, I believe so. Up oh, in, I didn't up know in, that. Up in is the South Bronx, that, right? that just happened. 1520 Sedgwick Avenue. Yeah. yeah Which yeah. is gone now. Oh, that, that, that avenue doesn't exist anymore? No, no, it exists. That, the, 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 technically, the building exists, but like, there's, there's no space that, is, that has been preserved as like, sort of uh, like... Oh, I as see. A, as, histor- the, as a historical the, space. It's, 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 just, it's just a neighborhood that's been gentrified or what have you. Yeah. I did the Grandmaster Kaz hip-hop history tour where he takes you around in the van and raps to you and takes you all the sites where Africa Mimbada played and everything. And <laughs> really? it's great. And you go <laughs> out there. Cow? It's dope. It's called, uh, what? it's like something like the hip-hop oral culture history tour, but it's awesome. Jason Tans talks about it in his wonderful hip-hop history book, Other People's Property. And I decided to take it. I took it in uh, uh, the summer of 2011, and then I interviewed... Um, one, I interviewed one of the original Cold Crush brothers for this book project I was working on. So anyway, shout out to that tour. Nice. <laughs> Literally the hip hop tourism tour. Hip hop tourism. It's real. Shoot. And there was a there were a bunch of it was all international people and me and then my friend who's an editor and we and they were all very interested in it. So very cool. props. Uh, awesome. Uh, um, wow. I I do want to bring it back to uh, Schaefer's initial question. Um, besides the uh, the the quote unquote hurt feelings of non mentioned. Uh, colleagues, uh, what sort of became the the story after your story? Uh, what was what was sort of like the 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 
the crowd response to your article about about nerdcore being dead i would like to know mm, well that year was nerdapalooza's like second year or something and we went Mm-hmm. And Schaefer performed at the opening night, and he did this funny joke where he kind of like there was so much tension. Everyone's like, "Lars, you jerk! You're disrespecting our genre the night before we fly you in." Blah, blah, blah. And Schaefer goes, "I just wanted to say that nerdcore. What you said something like nerdcore has died, and so has post punk laptop rap. Genres are dying every day. What can we do about this?" Then you did your set. I said that. And you made like a funny joke about it, and everyone was laughing. I. Uh, I don't. Re- that sounds like that sounds kind of insulting. I don't. Re- it was sight. It was sight. I don't recall doing that. And then I did a podcast. I was doing this YouTube series, and I interviewed everyone about their thoughts on nerdcore. And both the people who watched that YouTube video thought it was very interesting. <laughs> like <laughs> no one wanted to hear that. No one wanted to hear what happened. But no one. No one. Like it was all about the story of what I said, not the repercussion. But I think like recently, the artists from that era. I guess it's almost like ten years ago since yeah, the genre yeah. was born. The ones who are still putting out records are doing good stuff. And I think like the artists who were kind of like hobbyists have stopped or like, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, I'm, I'm, I embrace the term more these days because it's like, it describes what, what the genre is. And I think like now the artists who have survived are, are all pretty dope. And I don't think new artists are really coming up saying they're nerdcore. Like Watsky, I don't think would ever consider himself a nerdcore artist. And I think that's cool because it's like an era. This was like, if you put out independent music from 2004 to 2011 and you like, listen to Schaefer and Chris and whatever, then you're maybe in that world. But I, I think it's kind of become this timepiece. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, anybody who the, the people who are making the biggest stink about this when it happened, uh, they're not making stuff anymore. So it's kind of funny. I mean, it's kind of the, my point proved itself. But shout out to everyone who wrote diss songs. You know, it was tight. It's fun. It's, it was tight. It was it's tight. so flattering when you get a diss song. Aww. It's so, it's I remember, so sweet. I remember being really flattered the first time I heard one. I was like, I oh. want a diss song. Somebody write a diss song about me. Yo, Nelson Lugo, your magic is erratic. Uh, I see you holding uh, the puppets uh, and you never act spastic. By that I mean dropping the puppet when you're trying to do magic. Harry Houdini looks at you and he's like, man, your emulation is tragic. Oh. oh. And then he's like, Burn. and then he's like, just kidding. You're always winning. <laughs> I like the way you've got those plates that you're always spinning. You had a card that you surprises with somewhere else. Yo, Nelson, keep doing your art because it's good for your health. Oh! oh! And then you re- and then you burned me, and then you resurrected me. Oh. That was great. Yeah. Uh, see, Call me all, Lazarus. Lazarus. All, <laughs> MC Laz. All diss songs of all. That was the, all that was the most joyful diss freestyle so, I've ever so heard. Lovely. It was because like, at the end uh, you brought it back. You resu- no, Yeah, you, no. you resuscitated him. No. You can edit that out. No. <laughs> no. Good God. No. Wonderful. Um, all right, so- I, I love when freestyle rapping just happens on this podcast. Um, I do actually, um, since you did mention that you feel that Nerdcore sort of lived in this in this particular moment at this particular time, not that I believe in, in the need to label oneself as an artist, like do what you do in the way you want to do it, but now that we do live in... In, in what is the post-nerdcore uh, universe for new and upcoming artists that sort of are familiar with hip-hop culture and want to create the art uh, in the way that they can based on their experiences. What, what, would you, what, would, what would you want to term that and what advice would you want to give to those particular artists? 
That is a really good question, Rachel. Oh, thank you, Lars. Very lucid and clearly spoken. Oh, my. Um, I think that <laughs> I tell, I get this question a lot. I get emails and messages every day, and I always email people back, and I'm like, look, the three things you need to have longevity as an artist these days, the first is you need an interesting story. Like, why should we care about your your intellectual property? Where are you from? What's your story? What are you trying to say? Right. The second is uh, make a great record. And to make to promote that great record, make incredible YouTube videos that that are just fun and interesting and topical and good and well produced. And that's where I've mentioned him like twice now, but Watsky like crushed it with the YouTube videos. The third, make sure your live show and Schaefer's got this nailed, of course. Make sure your live show is very energetic and fun and like makes people engaged. Don't just be standing there with your mic like not moving or not telling jokes or not like bringing yeah, the audience in. Yeah. Be excited about what you're doing. Yeah. Be, have passion. And you can't learn to do a great show except by muscle memory and doing like hundreds of open mics and yeah. like lugging equipment and setting up PAs and then opening and for your failing a hundred times. Failing a hundred yeah. times. You're not just gonna get on stage and like be an amazing rapper. Oh goodness no. So so those three things and like having a story, having a great record that you promote with great YouTube videos and having a good live show. If you do that and put out four amazing records you're going to have some sort of longevity. And even if it's small, you're going to be able to like make a, a word, a name for yourself. So the key to being successful, a successful artist, I think is just not stopping. And I think like that's the advice I tell young people. It's not going to be instantaneous. Get your college degree, like use those resources, but just put stuff out because nowadays, like we're talking about front a lot, you can do an album and a video and a record for like $3,000, $4,000. And, and like back in the day, it was like, like a few hundred thousand to do that well. So the playing fields have leveled and that's what I tell people. And I also say that like, make sure that you're, you know, not trying to emulate what's on the radio because if you do that, by the time people hear your music, you'll already sound dated. So just do you, but like make sure you, you, you stand out. And also I say to rappers, make your own beats because like if you can do your own beats, you're going to sound unique. That's all. That's all. That's all. And I, Friendship. And I, and I, I would Friendship. imagine, you know, the, the, the technology for making music is just getting uh, easier and easier every day. Like, you know, there's yeah. the, the resources to that kind of uh, power and program is just getting more user friendly. So um, I, I, I guess uh, would you I mean, would you also recommend just like an under basic understanding of the of the tools that you need to make all that happen? Right. Like you can do so much on GarageBand mm-hmm. and it's like. It's the very bare yeah. minimum of multi-track recording. You, yes. can, yeah. you can learn things there until you extinguish until you extinguish its its I don't know functionality for you, and then right. you can like step up to something else. Right. Yeah, like, definitely. You, as as a as a comedy duo after Birth Monkey, we we build a lot of our stuff on on GarageBand because yeah. we're definitely very new still. It's, like, it's our incredibly status. accessible. Yeah. Multi-track. Love it. Software. I love GarageBand. Oh, all right. One day we'll graduate. Good to know. Tools. Um, all right, day. so Sorry. I guess uh, we're we're winding down here. Yo, uh, Lars, when's your next record coming yeah, out? Talk, yeah, tell us about tell us about your next record. Talk, upcoming project. Yeah, what's 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 the new stuff? What's hit me with that new shit, yo? Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> My new album, The Zombie Dinosaur LP, comes out November sixth. I've got put it on your calendars. Put it on your calendars. I've got track with Cool Keith. We did a Roger Rabbit song. You called, did a song with Cool Keith about yeah. Roger Rabbit. I hate so. Of course he did. Jealous of course he did. He's Judge Doom with three O's. Get I it? hate you so much. <laughs> Boom. Because well, of a reference to his Doctor Doom record? Yeah. You got Cool Keith to do a Roger Rabbit's 
I'm so jealous. I'm Roger and he's Judge Doom and we're battling versus. Oh my god. He, he kills it. He kills it. He kills it. Literally. Yo, he, Raheem just got him on a record too. Are you serious? Yeah. He, he, he ripped him off from you. He saw that you got cool Keith and then he went and got him. Well, <laughs> Keith, is, Keith is hustling. Keith is fun to work with. He did a good job. And his, he put a, he, the whole thing was like, I was like, yo, I want to do a Roger Rabbit song. And he's like, all right, you got to send me the movie. And I'm like, all right, do you want a Blu-ray? He goes, nah, DVD's fine. So I sent cool Keith the DVD and he watched it and did a really well-researched verse as Judge Doom. So that's on there. Um, where, where can they find this? Is it on your, your band camp, on the iTunes? Like, where, they can, where can they get it? It'll be everywhere, son. Even in stores. It's coming out on vinyl, too. Oh, and cassette. really? And cassette. Where? Who's picking it up? Um, Paper and Plastic, which is Vinny from Less Than Jake's label. They're putting out the vinyl. Wow. And then a label called Personal Bias and Blacktop Records are doing the cassette. And then Horse Records. Cassette? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that'll be out. And then um, Crappy Records, who did Robot Kills, they're doing the CD with me with my label what about a flash drive you're doing a flash drive yeah I'll be on the I have these USB robots so we'll be on that oh cool All so right. it's basically wait, wait, gonna be everywhere you're still talking about guests so you told me that oh, cool yeah. key thing I got cool Keith um, Spose is on there oh, oh nice shout, shout out to Spose love what him what up Spose what up his new record is good by the way it's called Why Am I So Happy and it's fantastic <laughs> I, I, I respect that title it's tight right <laughs> yeah it's actually the story of your life Mark <laughs> <laughs> As we all laugh heartily. <laughs> I've got Brian from I Fight Dragons on there. Oh, nice. I've nice. got um, uh, Suburban Legends and Vinny, uh, and sorry, Roger from Less Than Jake, and I did a song with Watsky. So there's oh, a, nice. lo- a lot of... Oh, and I believe, uh, can you talk about this? Uncle Meg from uh, Handjob Academy is making a music video for that track? Oh, shoot, yeah, she's directing... You the, said it on stage. She's directing video. It's called Never Afraid, and we're shooting it in a few weeks. And then my song Triforce, the video's coming out soon, and... Um, we're going to announce the fall tour date. Fall tour date. So a lot of joyful smiles. Wow! Awesome. So that is a full record that with is. a full roster coming out in November. Holy I know shit. we'll 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 push it again when the when the album comes. Yeah, out. yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. I'm gonna. Cry. We'll, we'll do we'll do a review of it. That'd be tight. That'd be tight. Ooh, we'll get it. <laughs> we'll get a little. We're completely uh, biased, by the way. Like, yeah. our, like I can't review it. Well, I mean, no, none of us can. Oh right, we none of but us. But we'll can talk we'll about try it, it and we'll gl- and we'll do, give it a glowing review. Why can't we review it? Because um, we're because, all, we because we're all friends forever now. We don't have any objective uh, 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 distance between. Why are you, you give me the stink eye here? Listen, I can put on my professional hat. You're the most professional of all of us. You're the closest to a journalist of all of us. <laughs> you guys can be honest. I mean, I whatever. I mean, art is like fun to create, and I think as an artist, sharing it with your friends is the biggest joy. Like, yeah. there's this lyric from this guy, the Grouch from Living Legends. He goes. He goes, chances are this stuff won't ever catch on, but my friends like my songs, and I like my songs, and I've always had that philosophy. Uh, and I think you got to have that, that approach. Because nice. guess what? People who love you today might not necessarily love you tomorrow. Love yourself. And that's how you achieve peace and happiness. And on that note, I think uh, that's a good way to go out. Yeah, uh, I'd like to take a moment and just, uh, Lars, uh, I think we mentioned this uh, during the break. This is uh, the Epic Podcast three-year anniversary We've been making stupid sounds with our mouths yeah. for three years. True, and true. to celebrate, I brought some macaroons from a local bakery. I'm seriously crying right now. Please don't cry, <laughs> Lars. Yes. Um, are, we, are, we, are we all going to have a celebratory macaroon? Yes, please. There's, uh, that is there's the sweetest. Chocolate take and one. vanilla. One, These so. are epic pies. Please take a, a little macaroon. Thank you, Thank you so much. No, please, uh, thank you guys. Should we cheers them? Cheers these macaroons. Cheers, cheers, cheers these macaroons. Cheers. cheers. To, to art thank you, and Rachel. friendship mm. and many years of the same. Well, these are oh. delicious. Thank you. These are delicious. Mm. Thank you. Mm, they're so melty. 
MC Lars, we would like to thank you so much for thank being you. our guest on you the podcast this joy. month. I love you guys. You are an angel made of angels. Y'all don't say it. Rachel, I just want to say huh. it's really tight that you, this whole conversation, you brought it in. You were the anchor. You brought the important questions. You kept everyone on track. You were the Han Solo to our Millennium Falcon. What? <laughs> we got Chewie here and we got I'm Luke Skywalker. Crying. Oh, the new Star Wars is coming out. New Star Wars. <laughs> oh, wait, let's save that for later. I have a song about Star Wars on the new record. It's called If I Were a Jedi. That would be hella awesome. Peace. Because no nerdcore rapper ever did a Star Wars song. And scene. Done. We're done. MC Lars, thank you for being here. We're done. Once again, we would like to thank our guest, MC Lars, for being with us on the program this month. We would like to thank Holy him shit. infinitely from the bottom, the top, the middle, both sides of I, our hearts. I feel I'm, I'm both exhausted and rejuvenated at the exact same time. He left and I feel happy. Not, wow. because, not happy because he left. No. I no. feel like I still am on a residual yeah, happiness high like from a, him being here. There's like a beautiful cloud of right. like There's like an aura of joy and that we're wonderment inhaling. that we just, that we're living in now. There's, there's like the pre-gloom of our lives and then like the post-glow of an MC Lars encounter. Yeah. Wow. Love that you, is, MC Lars. Thank I you so much. So much. Shout out to MC Lars. He's tight, he's tight, he's tight. <laughs> Give it up for MC Lars, you guys. Yeah. Uh, so if you, if you really like that, then please, and if you want to have him back, uh, shoot us an email at epicpodcast at gmail.com. Drink. Uh, all right, so let's get the hell out of here. Um, let's do some plugs and close up. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you guys got? Who wants to go first? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll you go. go. First. Yeah. Well, starting today. <gasps> what? Thursday, August 27th. I am on a short tour with Cool Z in the Midwest. Tonight, on August 27th, we're in Chicago, Illinois at Reggie's Live. On Friday, uh, August 28th, we're at the Lift in Dubuque, Iowa. And on Saturday, tw- August 29th, we're at the Frequency in Madison, Wisconsin. And on Sunday, August 30th, we are at Gabe's in Iowa City. On Saturday, September 5th, we will also be appearing at Metacon which is an annual convention in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Wowzers. So come see Cool Z and me. You, we got, will, a, you got a full schedule there. We will, we will do some rapping at you, and you can buy my really stupid, uh, childish new T-shirts. I, oh, I saw it. It's, a, it's actually incredible. It's, it's, I'm embarrassed. I I'm lo- mortified. No, I love it. It's, it's cool. I hate myself. I love it. Um, beyond <laughs> that, on Tuesday, September 22nd, I will be hosting Rabbit Hole Productions' birthday burlesque show. For Bunny Buxom. Yay! It's a lot of bees. That's um, a lot of bees. And I will be hosting well, the show at the Parkside Lounge in New York City. That's what I got, you guys. Lugatron. Uh, uh, let's see. By the time this airs, uh, the newest uh, uh, episode of Crash Chords will be out where I will be uh, a guest of, uh, oh. yeah, they're, they're having me back and we're going to review an album I don't, and uh, you'll just have to go to Crash Chords to listen to that episode. Uh, CrashCords.com. The uh, link will be in the doobly-doo. Um, on September 3rd, I am going to be at a Coney Island uh, benefit fundraiser. It's a uh, show to uh, raise money for a scholarship program uh, to send 
uh, at-risk teens to Sideshow School so that they can learn all of the wonderful, wonderful things that Sideshow performers do. Uh, then on uh, September 22nd, I will be performing in Bunny Buxom's Birthday Bonanza show with bees. And uh, Bunny Buxom invited me to do the show. Her only rule, her only stipulation was that I had to uh, remove my clothing. Oh, I, I see. So uh, that's going to be incredible or groan-inducing for everyone involved. You just sold some tickets. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, But more than that, I do have a YouTube channel, and I'm trying to uh, get more, more uh, subscriptions and get more views. So please, uh, if you uh, uh, like my stories or you, like, you want to hear some stories and you want to see some magic, then please uh, go to uh, Nelson Lugo on YouTube, find my channel, click subscribe, and watch some videos and make some comments. Oh, it'll be in the doobly-doo. Oh, it's already in the doobly-doo. Terrific. Excellent. Uh, Rachel? Uh, today, this episode airs, and tonight I will be at the Sidewalk Cafe at 8 p.m. for a show called Bear. Bear, true stories of sex, desire, and romance. Uh, I'll be double featuring because Afterbirth Monkey is playing a quick set of some of our music, and I will be telling a story on stage. I will be popping my storytelling cherry as a booked storyteller. Oh. So you should come hear oh, what wow, I have to say. Really? Uh, yeah, it's going to be weird, and I'm sure it'll be awkward, because I'm going to talk about <laughs> sex. So. That, that show is weird and awkward, just yes. in general. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Then, on Saturday, the 29th, if you are in the New York City area, more specifically the Astoria area, come to the New World Queens Fest. It's the music festival taking place in Astoria Park. After Birth Monkey is hosting the musicians on the main stage. And we're going to do our cleanest set in the history of ever. So <laughs> oh, come, because last year you got basically come see that, lambasted. that precedented event where it's just us going, we don't sing anything about boobs. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's true. Then on September 4th, After Birth Monkey will be a part of... The Emancipation of Kitty Knights at Coney Island, USA. What? At 10 p.m., Femipeel is bringing, for one night only, Kitty Knights to the Coney Island Sideshow stage. After Birth Monkey's going to sing a new song, so come check us out. Oh. That's going to be great. Nice. On September 11th, Honey Badger Burlesque presents Honey Badger's Don't Give a Fuck. <laughs> at the creek in the cave at 10 p.m. Come check us out. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be cringeworthy. It's going to be all the things you probably didn't want to see, but you should come see. Then on September 12th, Charles Stunning will be at Washington, D.C.'s Beer Baron for Wibbly Wobbly Pasty Wasty Stuff, a tribute to Doctor Who. And that is it for me. That's what I'm doing. Good craving. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a, always. I'm, I'm going to be busy. And you know I'm going to book more stuff, so follow me on all my social media yeah. at I am Rachel Shank or Facebook.com. Follow us all on the social Rachel media. Rachel Q. Shank. Or else. Or, or else. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's I it. I think we all did right, it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Why not? This has been the Epic Pie Cast, episode 35. 
I have been your host, Nelson Lugo. I have been your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. And I have been your other, other host, Rachel Shank. Be safe, Internet. Did you know it rains diamonds on gaseous planets like Neptune and Uranus? They contain methane at high pressures and temperatures. Turn the diamonds, which then fall to the center of the planet. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Epic Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, our loyal listener. So send us your feedback, love mail, hate mail, dick pics, and recipes to epicpiecast at gmail.com. But seriously, don't send us dick pics. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Highcast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hey, Schaefer, I have a question for you. Oh, yes, please. Are you, are you feeling joyful? Do you feel joyful? Do you feel joyful? Is this, are you asking me legitimately or are you doing an MC Lars impression? Uh, that's tight, that's tight, that's tight, that's tight. High five. Definitely true it. player, true artist. True player, true artist. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. That's tight. That's, that's tight, tight, that's tight, tight, that's tight. That's tight. That's tight. Let's high five. High five. High five it out. <laughs> We're the best. That was hip hop. So Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.